Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Schools, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Tuesday, October 10th, 2023, and our catechesis today. We'll continue in the book of Numbers. We have Moses once again interceding on behalf of the people um, who are persistent in their unbelief. I think Moses probably just out of uh, frustration, maybe, <laughs> but a uh, lot to be sympathetic about here as to the way that our hearts uh, rebel constantly against God's word, uh, and yet how God himself works constantly to bring about our repentance. All right, and that's what we're going to hear today. We begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray our psalm for the week, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse for the week. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6, verse 23. And our catechism for the week, the uh, close of the commandments. What does God say about all these commandments? 
He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Exodus 20, verses 5 through 6. What does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments, therefore we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep these commandments. Therefore we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. All right, we continue in Hebrews 11. Remember yesterday we heard by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah. Then there's that brief um, interlude about the land and the promise. And now back to by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he had become of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. All right, so you can see for the writer to the Hebrews, or the preacher here, that uh, Moses and Abraham are the significant figures for him so far. Uh, not to fail to mention Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, right? But um, there's an emphasis on Abraham, Sarah, and then an emphasis on Moses. You can see why. Abraham, right, with the uh, promised offspring and living in the promised land. Moses, the return to the promised land and the dismissal of earthly authority that was contrary to God's word. Right, which requires faith. All right, good. We'll have more on that tomorrow. And now our reading for catechesis is picking up where we left off yesterday in Numbers 14 now. Right, Remember yesterday you had the good report given by Caleb uh, of the land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, the cities were fortified. Yes, the people are strong. But no, the Lord will give it to us. Right, So let's go in and, and take what the Lord has given uh, or receive what the Lord has given. Uh, whereas the other spies began to gossip and spread lies about um, giants and other things in the land, right? And, of course, expressing doubt then that God would provide. That's what we're going to pick up. So, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? that our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. 
But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, only fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. And Moses said to the Lord, For then the Egyptians will hear of it. For by your might you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people, that you, Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands above them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you will kill, or if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken, saying, The Lord is long suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these three times, ten times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. All right. So why were the people weeping that night, all the congregation? It's what we heard yesterday, right? Because of the gossip spread by the other spies, the other ten spies, um, who exaggerated and lied about what uh, the prospect was of inheriting the land that the Lord had promised, right? So now um, they do recognize that the Lord has brought them to the edge of Canaan, not to inherit, but what do they say? They brought us, the Lord has brought us to this land to fall by the sword. Mm-hmm. So that's their complaint against the Lord. Their solution to the problem they suggest there is in verse 4. Let's just pick a different leader and go back to Egypt. How's that? I think they forgot what Egypt was like. Um, to this, Joshua and Caleb, well, and Moses and Aaron fall on their faces. Joshua and Caleb, right, those spies who had given the good report, they tear their clothes in response, right? A sign of anger and shame, right? Why did Joshua and Caleb say that they would inherit the land, that they would take possession of it? Right? Look at verse 7 and following. The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good. The Lord, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. Right? So if he delights in us, which he does, um, but only well, insofar as we remain faithful um, in the faith that he gives. Right. So if 
Uh, because the Lord delighted in Israel, according to the promise of Abraham, and would therefore give them the land. Remember, this was the land that Abraham had dwelt in, and Jacob, Isaac and Jacob, right? Notice what, he's, what they say, too, about the people in verse 9. Don't rebel, only because the people of the land are our bread, right? Because the Lord is with us, all right? So, here, a confession of the true faith, of uh, trust in God's word, but how do the people respond? Ah, yes, this is blasphemy. Let us stone them, right? Now, of course, we know Joshua and Caleb are not speaking outside of God's word, but speaking according to the promise, right? And to that, the glory of the Lord appears in the tabernacle of meeting, right? And he speaks. Speaks to Moses, of course, um, and laments their rejection. Uh, The idea that God would lament over us is something that uh, we don't talk about too much. It does come up on Good Friday every year, of course. Um, what have I done to you, O oh my people? How have I, how have, have I offended you? Listen to me. Right? That's in uh, that liturgical part that we call the reproaches on Good Friday afternoon. Really powerful moment. Uh, but it's here too, right? These people are rejecting me. How long will they not believe in me, despite the signs? Um, I'm just going to destroy them and move on with you. All right? So, because they've rejected the Lord, refused to believe all the signs he had performed among them. We'll talk about those in a minute. All right, what did the Lord tell Moses then um, that he would do with the people? Strike them down with a pestilence or a plague, disinherit them, right? And then make a greater nation out of Moses. Of course, can God do that? Sure. But as Moses rightly recognizes again, as he has previously, then God would not be faithful to his own word, right? This is why Moses, what does Moses say? is the basis for which the for which uh, the Lord must help His people, all right? On the first point, so that the Egyptians could not say that the Lord had slaughtered the Israelites because of His inability to be faithful to the promise He made to bring the people into the land, right? So first, what will the Egyptians say? This God is not faithful. Um, and as we realized this morning, as we were going through the text with the children, then that would make the Lord no different than any other God. Who seems to be arbitrary and capricious, sometimes bringing death, sometimes bringing life, never really quite sure what's on his mind, etc. We don't know his character, um, or his character is, um, um, what do you want to say, uh, facile, it, it changes, right? Is Moses correct in making this kind of appeal? Yes, right? He's appealing to what we will call now the greater word, the, the, most exce- the exceedingly great word, which is that God is merciful. Right? So he appeals to the mercy of God, the long-suffering, right? that he forgives iniquity and transgression. Pardon the iniquity of this people. Right? According to your mercy, forgive the people, even as you have. Right? So his long-suffering and, ab- and abundant and merciful and forgiving. On the basis of that character of God, which well, we'll talk about in a second, um, on the basis of that character, you cannot do this thing. Right? This is intercessory prayer. This is what we do. We always um, hold God to his word. And as I've reminded you, all Christian prayer, of course, um, is praying back to God what he has already spoken to us. He loves to hear us uh, repeat back to him what he said to us, right? Because that demonstrates that we actually believe his word. All right. Now, um, as a Christians, uh, we, of course, can take even more confidence, I would suggest, um, in this, in these char- this character of God because um, this strength this forgiveness, this uh, long-suffering, abundant mercy and pardon, uh, we have actually seen manifest in the person of Jesus, right? So even more than what, uh, 
we don't we're not even less dependent upon just a word from god um or even some kind of activity of god but actually you know in our lives but rather on the um, objective reality of christ crucified on the cross think of uh, how john says it uh, it's or jesus says i should say in john now my soul is troubled and what shall i say father save me from this hour but for this purpose i came to this hour father glorify your name and then a voice came from heaven um, saying i have both glorified it and will glorify it again therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered others said an angel has spoken to him so we have the glory of the lord being revealed in the person of jesus and in the hours leading up to his crucifixion right uh, and then think about how paul picks up on this in first corinthians 1 which we heard the first part of that on sunday but here's the the last part no, not just the last part we're going to read all the way to the end of the chapter here so um since in the wisdom of god the world through wisdom did not know god it pleased god through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe this of course is could have been the sermon text for sunday for jews request a sign and greeks seek after wisdom but we preach christ crucified to the jews a stumbling block and to the greeks foolishness but to those who are called both jews and greeks christ the power of god and the wisdom of god because the foolishness of god is wiser than men and the weakness of god is stronger than men for you see your calling brethren that not many are wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but god has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise of the world and god has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised god has chosen i would say suggest the body is one of those things insignificant or lowly and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence but of him you are in christ jesus who became for us wisdom from god and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written he who glories let him glory in the lord all right so that's uh what moses is holding to right which is a greater word right but uh in the sight of the world is actually less glorious and less significant his mercy his long-suffering his forgiveness his pardon right pardon for israel's iniquity and the lord of course responds by pardoning forgiving israel uh, that doesn't mean that there is no judgment uh, according to the flesh of course those who have seen uh, those men who have seen his glory and the signs which he did in egypt and in the wilderness but still had not heeded his voice would see the land would not see the land that he swore to his fathers to their fathers right you think of here um oh the the uh, story of uh, the rich man and lazarus right and lazarus says to abraham you know send um someone back to them that they may repent right and uh Ab- father abraham says uh, no they have moses and the prophets let them listen to them right listen to this story to see what signs and wonders actually don't convert the people only the word right now if the words attached to that sign or wonder um it can but it's of course the word that does the work not the sign the sign is only there as a confirmation of the word all right so um you notice that the lord says that they have tested him 10 times these 10 times verse 22 of course reminding us of the 10 commandments i had a little chat this morning about numerology of course 10 is a sign of completeness or fullness all right so they've completely rejected him you might say with 10 10 tests or trials uh, also the 10 plagues that judgment brought against uh egypt all right all right so some of these testings it's hard to know exactly which 10 i think it's just maybe it is just a, a sign here a number but um 
let's see, they can be both positive and negative, um, these tests or these trials. So um, when Pharaoh threatened them at the Red Sea back in Exodus, when they were without water for three days in the next chapter, that's Exodus 15, when they complained about having no food, the following chapter, Exodus 16, when they kept uh, kept the manna for a second day and it rot and stank, Exodus 16, when they failed to gather extra manna for the Sabbath day, also Exodus 16, <laughs> you see, they've not exactly been faithful, have they? When they complained about having no water again in Exodus 17, when they make the golden calf after the giving of the law, Exodus 32, when they complained, which we just heard uh, last week, Numbers 11, when they complained about having no meat, again, Numbers 11, and then now when they rebel against entering the promised land, Numbers 14. Right, So Moses doesn't disagree with the Lord that these people are rebellious people and that they do not heed his word, right? And they do not trust in him, right? But not... Uh, but Moses still implores the Lord on the basis of his long-suffering and his mercy and his forgiveness, most importantly, that he not despise the people on the basis of their unbelief. Huh. Only Caleb uh, and Joshua and their children would enter the, the promised land because they followed the Lord wholeheartedly, not by works, not by sight, but by faith, by faith, right? Just like what we saw in Hebrews. Okay. In testing God 10 times, Israel had certainly earned a plague of destruction, pestilence, like the Egyptians had received. Yet, because he trusted the promise of a Savior from the tribe of Judah, Moses was not content to become a great nation of his on his own. Moses, and we talked about that before, Moses cried out for God to show his power, that is, to exercise strength, the strength of his love, which is beyond all human understanding. Moses heard the preaching of Caleb and Joshua and continued to trust the merciful God to give Israel the land of Canaan. He asked for forgiveness, even though he confessed that God would surely bring punishment on the guilty. God's punishment on those who had seen the signs and deliverance from Egypt did not mean that they were not forgiven. Though we must suffer earthly or temporal punishment, the forgiveness of sins removes the power of eternal death for the sake of Christ, who pleads for us. All those who trust in this word of promise of Christ shall surely be raised to eternal life. All right, good. No questions uh, in the chat, so I'll just keep going. All right, let's sing. We sang one and two yesterday. Let's sing three and four today, if you would. Sacrifice. 
and freely born was offered. Here for flood of his own blood now makes us holy, right, and good before our heavenly Father. Okay, we continue with prayer. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, you threaten to punish all who break your commandments. Therefore, help us to fear your wrath and not do anything against them. But you also promise grace and every blessing to all who keep your commandments. Therefore, forgive us our sins and strengthen our faith in Jesus, so that we love and trust in you and gladly do what you command. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray this day for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We also pray this day with Grace, who celebrates her baptism. Jocelyn, of course, being baptized yesterday. Pray for the households of our church this week with Ron and Joan, Michael, Doug and Betty, Merlin, Ruth and Lenore. In Thanksgiving with Marcy at the gift of healing, Allie and Trinkle at the gift of membership here. Pray for our catechumens studying today, Wyatt, uh, James, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee and Kimberly. Pray for all those ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Allison, Joe, Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Orphan Grain Train. We pray for those grieving, especially uh, the family and friends of both Kelsey and Diane. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you, For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Excellent. That's our congregation of prayer for today, October 10th, 2023. Come to you each morning at about 9 a.m. and... uh, We uh, continue our catechesis through numbers. We'll keep there uh, for a little while yet until we, uh, well, we get to Deuteronomy. Um, Let's see, anything else? No, today is Tuesday, so uh, that's it for here today, although we've got catechesis in the school and faculty meetings and all sorts of other things going on yet today. So God be with you all um, and keep you in the faith today and always. In Jesus' name, see ya. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting 
stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.